0: Welcome to this week's episode of Latchkey Movies, the podcast where we take a critical look at the movies your kids are watching without your supervision. Today we are going to talk about the 2015 Lifetime Original TV Movie, Turkey Hollow. My name is Sarah. I am the mom of a five-year-old boy. I'm Briar Harvey, but I'm afraid you're going to run away after that introduction.
1: The Lifetime TV movie? Come on, Sarah. <laughs> There's Muppets
0: in it. you got to yes, tell them about the
1: Muppets.
0: The title is actually Jim Henson's Turkey Hollow.
1: Okay, that's a little bit better. And we'll give you some
0: background on the movie, too, before we go.
1: So, yes, I am the mom of a 19-year-old young lady, a 9-year-old boy who, like, i got to tell you, ran out of the room five minutes in. This <laughs> yeah. one did not hold water with yeah. him at all. And the three-year-old just wanted to cuddle. But he was also interested in beating me over the head with his xylophone mallet <laughs> most of the movie. So I don't think he watched it.
0: Yeah. So, first, uh, like right out the bat, um, this movie has a 60% at rotten, on Rotten Tomatoes. Which I'm gonna is.
1: to confess to you, I thought it was cuter than I expected. Yeah. I, I know, went with such low expectations, yeah. and I was actually a little bit enchanted. But I don't know that this movie really knew what it wanted to be. Right.
0: So, my husband said his takeaway from this movie was that it has all the pieces to become like a holiday cult classic. And I think that's true. I agree. It does. Like I think it's like really set there. I mean, it's not like it's got a lot of competition for Thanksgiving movies, right? Well,
1: and and that is I think probably the first place I would start. It's got all of this creepy like
0: Leftover Halloween music It felt like leftover Halloween music Well that's (laughs) a good I think that's a good transition though I think that really works for it So
1: because by the end Now we're in like Holiday music Mm -hmm. and it's Burbly and Mm -hmm. Literally happy (laughs) And like So now we're ready for The two months Of Christmas music Mm -hmm. that we're gonna have To endure
0: So just to give like some perspective on that 60% on Rotten Tomatoes, the Angry Birds movie has a 43%. The live action 101 Dalmatians movie has a 41%. Happy Feet has a 76% and Hocus Pocus has a 37%.
1: Well, we're throwing I will out say... Hocus Pocus. We're throwing it
0: out because we're just, we're throwing it out. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's only based on like six reviews, though. This well, one.
1: and that's a thing with Rotten Tomatoes. Right. I've actually, I've now, I've looked at Rotten Tomatoes. Have I talked about this before? I because... think so, Because... Yeah. I thought it would be be cool for us Mm -hmm. to be Rotten Tomatoes reviewers, but you have to have, there's actually, like, longevity terms, which is why we quote them, because they require that you be active reviewers for a minimum of three years, and they have, like, specific requisite numbers for listens or views or hits or whatever, so it's a whole thing.
0: Okay, so just, I guess, I will back that up with a little bit more background. Um, I clicked on the wrong thing, so give me one second. So that 60% at Rotten Tomatoes is based on, yeah, five uh, critic reviews. And the 37% for Hocus Pocus is based on 52 reviews. Exactly.
1: So exactly. That's-
0: I think maybe a better... Barometer for that, um, the audience score for Hocus Pocus, which is based on three hundred forty six thousand user ratings, uh-huh. is seventy one percent.
1: On Rotten Tomatoes, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. The audience score for this movie, Turkey Hollow, which is based on seventy two user ratings, <laughs> is forty three percent.
1: Okay, see that we're we're starting to get somewhere mm-hmm. into the realm of actual numbers. Although it was better, like it was a, we haven't gotten to ratings yet, but it's 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 like a C plus, y'all.
0: It's 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 the best Thanksgiving movie yeah. I've yet come across <laughs> for kids. If like, I'm going to rate it against Thanksgiving movies, it's an A-plus Thanksgiving movie. Exactly. Because there's no competition. There is literally no competition. There's Charlie Brown. Mm-hmm. But that's not really, that's short. That's a short.
1: It's not a movie. I mean, I don't
0: know if it's, it's like not a short, it's not a movie, but it's like not, it's like a half hour maybe. No,
1: that one's 45, I oh, think. Oh, okay.
0: Because they, they
1: show it for an hour with commercials. Okay. Although, it's not on this year. If you were looking for any of your Charlie Brown classics, the only place you can find them is on pay channels now. Which Why I, is that? CBS is not carrying them anymore. Which I honestly, like, there's a part of my socialist heart that's like that's there's something wrong with the world we live in if we can't
0: watch if i can't
1: watch charlie brown for free
0: oh my goodness okay so on the topic of like rating sites and things like that Mm -hmm. we have in the past we've been a little like unclear on whether or not we were cool with Common Sense Media? Yes, let's talk about that. So I did a little bit more research on them, um, who they are if they're problematic. And basically what I came up with was that it looks like most of the issues people have with Common Sense Media have more to do with their user base than with the actual company that runs Common Sense Media. Shocker! Yeah, right? and that's because, I mean, it's gotten, it's, bego- it, it's begotten. <laughs> that's wow. not the right use of that word, by the way. It's become <laughs> kind of like... <laughs> It's begotten something. <laughs> for sure. It's kind of become a place for helicopter parents. Like you'll get a lot of people who are like, um, just overreacting about things, writing the reviews on Common Sense Media. But the actual organization that runs Common Sense Media appears to be pretty progressive. They're based in San Francisco. They, um, Their biggest ding that I've been able to find was that they were active in supporting legislation to restrict violence in video games for kids, which... Arguably... I didn't really delve into that because it's not, like, our thing. But, like... There's pluses. There could be pluses and minuses to that. It it depends on exactly how they were going about it and what they were asking for.
1: Yeah, we're not going to go there because we don't do video games, but yeah, I can. Okay, so we're going to, in the future, use Common Sense Media as a reasonable barometer, just like Rotten Tomatoes is a reasonable barometer.
0: It's mostly like a group aggregation thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like they're not necessarily coming up with the ratings themselves. They're coming from like a user core group, but and so that's common. Probably sense that's
1: more helicopter parents than not. Mm-hmm. So, if you don't like it, get over
0: there and
1: write I don't know, your the way, reviews.
0: I we've talked about this 101 times again. Every time it comes up, I always mention that. I don't go to common sense media to be told what I should think about a movie. I go to common sense media to look for potential red flags in a movie Mm -hmm. and make the assessment on whether or not I'm okay with my kids seeing those.
1: And let's be honest, you kind of want the helicopter parents for that, Mm -hmm. right? Like, please tell me what you thought was wrong with it. Because I'm going to look at that and go, "Mm, no, it's fine. It's
0: fine. And I mean, like, just as an example, one of the things that, like, we try to look out for in movies is, like, we are the we are a family that is keeping the mystery of Santa alive, right? Mm-hmm. So we're always, and we've talked about this before, we're always on the lookout for things that might make our son question Santa, because he's a smart kid, and all it's going to take is one little, little ear bug, and he's going to immediately give that up. Um, so last night We were watching Ghostbusters 2 Because we're making our way through all the Ghostbusters movies I mean there's only two but you know what I mean Whatever we're, we watched one last week This week we watched two And that's a Christmas movie it takes place at Christmas time Yes, it And in the beginning they start having conversations About like ghosts and stuff And I'm like oh shit this is a Christmas movie Are they going to like make some kind of connection Between like believing in ghosts and believing in Santa Thankfully they do not So you guys are all in the clear if you want to watch Ghostbusters 2 with your kids There's other problems you might want to keep an eye <laughs> on Out for content-wise, but mostly it's okay. But like, that's the kind of thing that I look for on Common Sense Media. Like, I just want to say
1: now that you've said this, be prepared that Ghostbusters will make an appearance in 2021. Because now I'm thinking about this, and there's no way I'm not gonna add this one to the (laughs) list for next
0: year. All right, such an iconic movie. So. Let's talk about why this movie Turkey Hollow even okay. exists. Okay? Because we why does a this movie exist? Movie. Why does this movie exist? I don't know. All right. So the the information I found all comes from a website called toughpigs.com. Oh Jesus. It's a Muppets fan site. Um I it, I am under the impression now that the Muppets like as like a thing are very much um well, they're Disney adjacent because I believe Disney owns yes. them. Yes. Okay. So the kind of um, detail haunting that people do for like Disney stuff, it appears to also happen for the Muppets. Like people, their fandom is very loyal and very big on like information about the production company. Right, and everything. right. So, this is just one of multiple sites that would probably provide the same kind of information. So, where did this movie come from, right? Okay. This movie actually came about as a treatment when Jim Henson was still alive. Um, so, it's been around for a while. Because he died in, like, the 80s, didn't he? Yeah. He So, Jim Henson died in 1990. So, this movie, like, came about as an idea before he even died. So, it's been around at least that long. Okay. Now, Okay. At the time, Jim Henson actually created the Muppets for this movie, um, and it was one of their first attempts at making the puppets without googly eyes, so with, like, real taxidermied eyes, which leads me to believe that this must predate things like the Dark Crystal. At least the idea of this movie and those original puppets.
1: You know... This is a bit of a tangent, but what are we if not a tangent (laughs) show? Okay. So, I was reading a post in a Facebook group. There is a hotel in Las Vegas, you can probably Google this if you are dying to know, that is doing a contest for volunteers... To come and paint 12 murals inside the hotel. Okay. And I, for me, this is like clearly the difference between a freelancer and an entrepreneur. Okay. Because a freelancer looks at that and goes, I'm not painting any mural where I don't get paid. Right. An entrepreneur looks at that and goes, hey, that's free marketing. So I was mentioning this to my husband who argued loudly and passionately about the value of art. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I don't get paid for a TED talk. In fact... If I go to the Big Ted, I'm flying myself out there at least twice for rehearsals and those kinds of things. I'm paying money to go and give a Ted talk. He said, that's not the same thing. It's not the same because it's not art. He said to the woman who deals in words, <laughs> which was a little bit of a blow. But I do kind of understand what he's talking about. And we'll circle back now to puppets, which have been in Jim's brain as art creatures, right? Like his entire life. So there's this genesis, I feel, of probably when they were created, and then they have to be articulated, and then they actually have to be designed and then they have to be manufactured. Like there's so many stages to puppets. right? So yes, probably these do predate Dark Crystal puppets, at least as an idea.
0: Nope, they fully formed predate Dark Crystal puppets. Wow. Because he had these fully created puppets back, I don't know, let's say early 80s, I have to imagine. Um, He brought them home to take pictures of them in like the outdoors because he wanted to see how the puppets would film in like an outdoor real setting. And in those pictures, he has pictures with his, they're with his children and his children are young and his children are not young anymore. (laughs) Like his daughter, he's got a 60 year old daughter. A fifty-six-year-old son, like so, just to give you context here. And then the Dark Crystal came out in nineteen eighty-two. So this, this as an idea, has been around Since for a very the long time.
1: Seventies,
0: yeah. Then. Um. So basically, what happened is it got scrapped. the th- The puppets got put in the throwaway pile, and it just sat until his daughters were looking for ideas and going. Through- <laughs> And going through through things like spec scripts and stuff like that. And they came across this, the story. This was, um, at the time, it was never like a fully fleshed out script. It was just a treatment. So they took the idea that there was and they made this into, it became this movie and it became a graphic novel. And the fully, like this idea was originally titled The Musical Monsters of Turkey Hollow. So then when the movie actually began production, they were able to get those puppets that Jim Henson had made way back in the day out of the throwaway pile. And those are the puppets they used for this movie. They had to be refurbished. They had to be like obviously fixed because it had been a long time. But um, these are those puppets. In these this are movie. those
1: puppets. And perhaps that does explain why, because, I noted in the notes that you complained about the lack of puppets, but perhaps that does explain why we have a lack of puppets, because if they're so old, they may have been worried about
0: that could using be. them yeah. too much. Um, that may very well be. And I would say if this is something that like you're really interested in and you want to know more about it, go to that toughpigs.com. We'll because have it in show notes. they have a lot more information about just... Um, how innovative a lot of the parts of these puppets in particular were. And um, especially like their tails. Apparently that was like a pretty like neat puppeteering trick that they used for the, the tails. But I just thought that was really interesting. They
1: um, are cute. I have. They're to so say, adorable. These so puppets they wanted are the, fantastic.
0: The idea that Jim Henson wanted for these puppets was that he wanted them to look like something that could have actually come out of the woods behind your house, but you would have thought, well, isn't that a weird looking animal? You know, but like you wouldn't be like, oh, that's like that's. An alien. You know, you would think, oh no, that looks like a weird looking animal. And I think the basis for them was something like a badger and uh, a raccoon or something and like that. And a weasel. They yeah. mentioned
1: weasels. Like, there's, like, you can see, you can see, yeah, the, the forest-like creature of yeah. them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like so... them.
1: They are cute.
0: Another interesting thing about this movie, as far as it being, like, a TV movie versus, like, a, um, a theatrical release, is that the movie didn't begin production until June of 2015 in Vancouver. The movie was released in November of
1: 2015. Well, I mean, let's be fair here. This is... Is a lifetime, originally. Oh, yeah, it absolutely is. (laughs)
0: Um, The shoot itself only lasted 18 days, and 12 of those 18 days were spent in the woods. So everything outside of the woods was only a few days of shooting. Dang. Okay.
1: So, I think I'm the only one who had notable cast mentions, and... They were notable because I looked this because I kept you kept telling me the movie and I was like the turkey movie, right? <laughs> so finally I'm Googling it two days ago. Let's be fair here. And I'm like, Oh, Ludacris is in it. Yeah, because... I said that.
0: When I was when I was like remembering this movie mid podcast recording, I was like, and I think Ludacris is in it. <laughs> such a strange role that really didn't need to be there but I think it comes from um the fact that this is like a story right and at one point the movie was supposed to be based in 1960 and then like be found footage essentially mm-hmm
1: no <laughs> I, I don't the 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 uh, The announcer of it all was—I mean—and I'll be honest, Ludacris himself did a—he did a good job. He did an acceptable job, really. Like, given the
0: material he he had to work with, yeah, he definitely brought that like the Muppet Show guest star energy.
1: Yeah, it was—it was at least well done. But Mm -hmm. I don't—I don't—I don't don't understand. I do think, however, this movie was probably written with Mary Steenbergen in mind. Like, she's so, just Aunt
0: Cly, right? The character of Aunt Cly was based on Jim Henson's wife and their kids. The kids are the ones who run the production company these days, their mom. So, like, some of the stuff in Aunt Cly's house actually, like, either was like mimicked the stuff that they had in their own house their mom's own house it's like an old hippie right
1: because she was an old hippie (laughs) and i'm sure when they cast her this is like if you're if you're writing your mom then you certainly have an ideal cast list and she just i don't know feels like this was probably yeah and right also,
0: there. apparently the house that they filmed in for Aunt Clyde's house was, like, full of mold, and Mary Steenburgen was just miserable the whole time because oh. she has, like, a mold allergy. <laughs> oh. <So>. Well,
1: that's <laughs> ironic, given the feather allergy later. Yeah, right. So, her name is, um, I don't know her from anything else, uh, Genevieve Buckner...
0: The daughter,
1: yes. Um, yeah, I, I guess I CW and oh, she was on Caprica way back in the day. Um, the stuff. dad,
0: the dad, Jay Harrington. He's in stuff. He was on Better Off Ted. That was like the thing I knew him from. But he's been in a bunch of other stuff. He's a that guy for sure.
1: Yeah, she's kind of a that girl too. But I thought she did fairly well. Mm-hmm. I was actually quite impressed with the fleshed out nature of a teenage girl. Yeah. For, I mean, because let's be honest, that's not a character that typically gets done very sure. well. And I thought this was actually fairly respectable in terms of teenage girl.
0: Um, so we actually, we have a parent. Yes, mom's away because parents are separated or divorced.
1: Um, and no, they're, spending they're uncoupled, this holiday. which I I had to laugh at.
0: Like, yeah. There's a whole string of the euphemisms he uses for that until well, the end when he calls it a divorce.
1: But that's a Gwyneth line, and I mm-hmm. feel like that is that will be so dated at some point in t- Please, please let conscious uncoupling be dated <laughs> at some point in time, please. But Dad was, I I guess he showed up at the end, it's fine.
0: He was too busy working in the beginning, and then he was sleeping when they actually, like, run away. So you can't really fault him for that one, right? And then he goes and searches, so he he does what he can. He he does Dad things. He is a member of the movie. (laughs) A member of the movie.
1: I don't know why that struck me, but it certainly does because that's about accurate, really, a member of the movie. So, all right, you want to do some highlight reel here?
0: Sure. Um, one thing that I was really surprised by was some of the language that they use in the movie. Mm-hmm. It was it was uh, it was pretty borderline, like inappropriate. At the end, the dad calls the animals Fugly.
1: Fugly. Yes, (laughs) I caught that one too.
0: We stopped, rewound it, and put on captions just to make sure that he actually calls them Fugly. But there's a few. There's more than a few instances where I'm like, "Eh, I don't know what the.
1: There was a what the
0: fuzzy. Fuzzy. What the fuzzy? (laughs) Because he goes, what the fuzzy? Yeah.
1: Sadly, I think my nine-year-old would approve of those if he stuck around <laughs> long enough to watch for them.
0: My kid also did not stick around. I think there was just too much story and mm-hmm. not enough fantastical stuff. And I, I actually really compared it. I mean, it, to me, it compares very much to, like, The Christmas Chronicles, another mm-hmm. Christmas movie, and that, like, there's this whole fantastical nature to the story, and it just kind of gets missed and that's fine for adults, but it's not going to hold attention for kids.
1: And it's really interesting to me when... Because we call... I mean, this is Lifetime, so I guess it's a Lifetime movie, but it was designed, at least ostensibly, with some thought that children might be watching it.
0: Sure, absolutely. It I was... remember... I actually kind of remember when this movie came out... Um, Because we spend Thanksgiving at my mom's house, and she has Lifetime. And I always use that as, like, an opportunity to, like, (laughs) soak up the Lifetime original movies. And so they were advertising this heavily. And my son would have been almost one at that point. So I was like, oh, okay, maybe it'll be, like, a cute, like, movie that'll, like, you know, there's Muppets in it, right? (laughs) Right. No. 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 But...
1: There were scenes where Ludacris got to be a football announcer <laughs> with one of the Muppets, mm-hmm. which was far and away my favorite scene. <laughs> There's... It was... I mean, and I'm, I'm, I'm really... I'm having a hard time with this because we've clearly over the time that this has been a podcast app, we have separate holiday ratings There's oh yeah just for a holiday movie this was decent y'all yeah
0: it really was i mean i own it now because like there wasn't an option to rent it there was only the option to purchase it for five dollars so like i own it now and i think we'll probably watch it well, again yeah. <laughs> next year at thanksgiving but that's also the good thing about thanks like holiday movies in general you At least here in my house, we don't typically watch them throughout the year. No. So, like, you get to build up that, like, oh, it'll be fun. It's kind of quirky. We'll watch it again. And then you watch it and you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot. The Muppets aren't really in this movie all that much.
1: (laughs) But, I mean, let's be honest. We do that every year with Die Hard, Oh, exactly.
0: Yeah. And now Ghostbusters 2 is added to my Christmas movie rotation.
1: I mean, it's going to be a long, cold December this year. (laughs) so you really that's a great idea i'm gonna make a list yeah we're gonna have a list for you guys 31 days of christmas movies (laughs) so that because it's not like you're gonna be going to a party or anything
0: So some other things that I really enjoyed about this movie, I liked the whole, like, interaction between Aunt Cly and Eldridge Mm -hmm. and how he, like, calls her a socialist and stuff, (laughs) like, uses that as uh, an insult. So this movie is 2015. It predates our current political climate. Well. Ish. Our our current political... Uh, political climate led to 2016 so like you know whatever but like I thought that was pretty interesting and like also kind of funny Um, I like that the sheriff's name is Grover like I feel like that's appropriate because it's a Jim Henson movie yes I I
1: feel like I I feel like that was it's gotta be probably that was on purpose
0: you don't name a character in a Jim Henson production Grover without like knowing what you're doing right no so
1: there's i guess some nod to the blue monster in the black sheriff i i don't know
0: <laughs> i don't know enough about grover to really I make a comment there no um i thought that it was the uh the whole idea of that $10,000 compensation and there being like a law that you have to compensate somebody within 2 days I thought that was totally believable because, like, there's so many of those weird old laws still on the books places, right? Well,
1: and you live in upstate New York. So this is,
0: like, I feel like you have
1: some actual experience to be able to say, (laughs) oh, yes, we would be that dumb here to still have a law like this
0: (laughs) on the books. No, I could totally see that happening. Not because we're dumb, just because we never got no, around to No, because we
1: never get around to removing it. Yeah. I know. I, I mean, there are, I, I'm from the Midwest, which has different dumb blue laws, <laughs> but still, like, it's still a law in Colorado that you're supposed to stop at a intersection and shoot your shotgun off so you can <laughs> scare away the cattle. Still
0: a law. <laughs> But, like, based on the fact that Eldridge knows that law... Oh, yeah. By rote, I bet you he is the sovereign citizen.
1: (laughs) I cannot roll my eyes. (laughs) Enough. Oh, God.
0: It just seems appropriate for a guy with, like, a hidden turkey farm.
1: Hidden... What what were they feeding them? Growth hormones? Probably. Yeah, yeah. I, that's what it, some kind of. Uh, yeah, I mean, and I'm assuming he calls them organic because they fetch a different price, so oh, that sure, he can yeah. charge more for them, mm-hmm. even though they are not organic turkeys. Mm-hmm. And like, in in that way, I did that the kids don't care about. And this is what they leave the room for. But there is always those higher political themes Mm -hmm. in Jim Henson. Right?
0: Right. Like follow that bird.
1: Right. We do it. The Muppets have always done it better. Mm -hmm. I think where they're just slight introductions and you get them to kind of ask the question. Mm -hmm. And Yes, I believe in asking good subversive questions because <laughs> clearly I'm that kind of girl. But, but this one wasn't even that discreet about the kinds no. of questions. It was asking about farming and whether we should be eating the turkeys at all. Mm-hmm. And the monsters that live in the magical forest. Like, we kind of got bored. Beat over the head a little mm-hmm. bit with some of those themes in this one, I think.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. But I also feel like that's kind of, like, appropriate for Thanksgiving. So, yeah. I mean,
1: <laughs> when we're still... Because we homeschool, my children have never learned about the Pilgrims and the Indians, right? Okay. Like, mm-hmm. that that's never... That's never been a thing for them that comes up. Now, we celebrate Thanksgiving as a harvest festival because I'm pagan. Mm -hmm. And so it's perfectly fine to just say, hey, it's Thanksgiving. It's the harvest Mm -hmm. festival. We do not talk about pilgrims and Indians in this house. We do have lots of historical discussions about how we came and subjugated mm-hmm. and, and killed mm-hmm. with smallpox infested blankets.
0: Mm-hmm. It's, it's, um, so this year, uh, I was dropping my son off for school on the Friday before Columbus Day And as I was like... Indigenous People's Day. Right, right. Well, that's part of my story. Stick with me here. Okay. (laughs) Um, So I'm dropping him off and I'm in car lineup. And, you know, car lineup this year is is different than car lineup every other year. I can't... I have to stay by my car. (laughs) I'm wearing a mask, you know. So I'm like getting him out of the car and getting him off onto the sidewalk. And as I'm doing that, I'm remembering, oh, buddy, it's a long weekend. You have Monday off and he's like oh what's the holiday and then i'm like shit i didn't i didn't prepare for this discussion to be like a 5 minute like a 5 second thing as i'm dropping him off for school so i'm like oh no we'll just we'll talk about it after school we'll talk about it after school and he's like and also i don't know what they're going to tell him in school so like right. i don't have like my argument against or for whatever they talk about in school prepared and I don't want him to, like, be sitting in school and his teacher to, like, present, like, Columbus to him and for him to be like, my mom says. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you don't want him to be that kid? Are you not sure? With, not with the five-second discussion I have well, with no. him as I'm dropping him off from school. So he's like, no, but what's the holiday? What's the holiday? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to tell you in school. We're going to call it Indigenous People's Day. And then I, like, ran away. <laughs> from an outsider perspective here's this mom who's like i don't know what the holiday is called i don't know what it's called it's called indigenous people's day bye (laughs) so i need to like and this happened too with uh Martin Luther King Day last year and like I need to be I need to be more cognizant of what time of the year it is so that I can have my like speech about problematic holidays or not like not that Martin Luther King Jr Day is problematic but like it's a, for, yeah. it's a holiday that you should have a conversation with your kid about <clears throat> mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. So I need to like be prepared for these holidays that are going to bring up discussion in advance. I need to be prepared in advance. So I should, because we record this like a month out, I should be preparing myself now for Thanksgiving.
1: (laughs) Also, we want to just tell you all on that side of the election, we hope you're well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Anyways... I know. What's it like over there? I know the city's burning. Like, what's happening a month from today?
1: Is is everything on fire? Are you
0: okay? Are, are, you are all we okay? okay? Do is we everything know? okay? I, who, who even? What's has? going on? Welcome to 2020. Yeah. So, anyways, I like that this movie is a Thanksgiving movie that doesn't talk about pilgrims. And yeah. Indians, right? Because, like, that's got to be hard to find. Because I know, like, the, doesn't the, uh, the Charlie Brown movie definitely talks about it, oh, right? yeah. Because oh. I don't really necessarily want my kid learning about, and so does that, mean, that becomes problematic then, because I wouldn't teach my kid about pilgrims and Indians, right? Because we don't use that word anymore. No. But, like, or that story as we were taught it 30 years ago. So, so he did watch it last year, but he was only in pre-K. Well, and we still watch them
1: with historical context, and I okay. think that that's a really important. I use classic Disney in the same mm-hmm. way, frankly, Sure, right, as mm-hmm. they get older to have these conversations about understand right. how this was not is not appropriate mm-hmm. now. It was at the time, this is how we've changed. Mm-hmm. Kids are smart. Mm-hmm. I feel like when yeah, you and- give them all of the information and allow them to draw their own conclusions, they usually come to the right ones.
0: Right, and we have, like, we've had those conversations about things as they've popped up organically. It's just, there's a lot of them that I feel like I need to do a better job of preparing to have that conversation with. Because right now, I'm kind of moving forward in life with like, I'm waiting to see what questions my kid asks me. And then that's how I frame the questions that I answer. But I suppose I need to be more proactive in that and get ahead of it so that he isn't maybe the kid that raises his hand in class and says, wait a second. <laughs> but it wasn't appropriate for the five seconds I no, had. No, it the wasn't appropriate for the five <laughs> seconds that you had. I just need to be more ahead of it.
1: I was, so I was listening to an old Tim Ferriss podcast with Seth Godin, because I had not actually heard this interview before. Okay. And Seth, who does alternative education, right, was talking about how he's actually very pro-public school, sends his kids to public school, and then very consciously homeschools them from three to nine, right? There's that extra bit of education, Mm -hmm. which I think is kind of, you and I have talked about how Mm -hmm. you are doing this, and that Mm -hmm. seems to be very much the path that you're embracing. Like, send them to school, clarify when we get home.
0: Right, and that's how we've been handling things so far, but I think I need to do more of it before the school part of that comes in. Mm -hmm. I need to be more ahead of it.
1: And for me, I will tell you that it it gets so he's only five. It gets a little easier the more there's the repetition and the routine of it. Like right. you'll feel that this one is coming, and because he is only five, you're gonna have the same conversations
0: again over and, again and over. Again. So and I have over time again. to fix
1: right. Fix- So, next year's conversation about Indigenous Peoples Day is going
0: to be so much different than this year. Because I'll know. (laughs) Exactly. It just caught me so off guard this year. And.
1: There's always going to be those kinds of moments in right. parenting. They still come up for me, and I have a 19-year-old, and I still, like... Right. Every stage of parenting is going to bring you these kinds of yeah. things where you're just left flat-footed going, I don't know, can I get back to you on that? Yeah. No, no, you cannot. So you just have to answer it, and then no. They're going to ask it again later, which is a mixed blessing, really, right? (laughs) Because you at least get a second chance to answer it and a 12th chance to answer it. But you also have to be asked the question 55 more times. right. (sighs) Yes. (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. So I did. We have movie conspiracy notes here and. The movie itself, we've already talked a lot about. So I wanted to ask,
0: you might know, why do all small towns have monster myths? That's a good question. I've never lived in a town with a monster myth, but I'm aware of them. You know, like...
1: I've never lived in a town that small. And I've lived in some small Mm -hmm. towns. But I've never lived in a town small enough to have a monster myth.
0: Yeah, I've only lived in... Large suburbs of um, small cities. Like right now. Even though I live, I drive by cows every day on my way to work when I drive to work back in the before times. It's not a small town. Like Right. It's, I mean, even, even when I
1: lived in Lyons, which is this little town in colorado mountains but it's like it's a way station between bigger towns Mm -hmm. so it doesn't have that turkey hollow and places like it really do have their own mythology in ways that i have to confess i really am intrigued by it there's something magical about it i think why do small towns develop their own language and nomenclature and miss
0: I I don't know. Maybe it's like the village situation.
1: I mean, yeah, because there's nothing else going on. Is this or, what we like, got?
0: Kind of like a protectionist, like this is how we know who the outsiders are, kind of thing.
1: Hmm. Interesting. And also sell T-shirts. Hmm. <laughs> Right. I mean, because on a larger scale, my business bestie is Scottish, which makes me think of Loch Ness. Loch Ness
0: Monster, yeah.
1: Right. But it's just a lake as far as she's concerned. Mm -hmm. It's, I mean, sure, there's like even for the locals there's some magic about it but relatively in scotland the land of the highlands it's just another lake Mm -hmm. there are other lakes bigger lakes better lakes conceivably (laughs) right so why is the loch ness monster so compelling and it's a tourist thing right it's how we get people to come and visit but that That's not the genesis. The monsters originate somewhere. We go, we get monsters somehow. I I don't know. I am, I really, I'm fascinated by how these things happen and it seems to be entirely in smaller communities. There Mm -hmm. is a, there does seem to be a cycle of growth where we grow out of monster stories fascinating
0: you don't have the audience in a bigger city or a bigger area right like in a small town it's gonna spread Mm -hmm. whereas in like a for example a larger suburb, so in a small town i see something funny i go to my local uh diner and i'm talking to the waitress because i see her every day and i tell her Mm -hmm. about something funny i see and she carries that on to the rest of the people but in my large suburb, if I see something funny and I go to a restaurant, I'm probably not going to tell the waitress about it because, like, she's going to think I'm crazy. She's going
1: to think you're weird. Yeah. There's no <laughs> there's no pre-existing relationship that allows for that kind of conversation to happen. So you might tweet about it, but probably not. Like, right. it, I, I don't know. It's because... You have to look at the foundation of stories, right? Mm -hmm. Were they crazy? Like, Uncle, what was his name? Uncle Ted? Yeah, I think so. I think it was Uncle Ted in this movie. Like, everyone thought he was crazy, but also he was the crazy guy who met the monsters in the wood. Right. So (laughs) he clearly went out and told everyone. Mm -hmm. Or other people saw the big creature, right? There's just there's so much about small town conversation that just doesn't exist anywhere else, and mm-hmm. I think that's probably why. Monsters. We have monsters. Okay. So, would the kids actually do this? I'm inclined I think to so. say yes. Absolutely. <laughs> would my 10-year-old go out looking, I think he was about 10, right? 10, 11, yeah, 10? 11? Yeah, probably. So, would would mine go and look for a monster, and then open a turkey pin, and then cause all kinds of havoc? Oh, yes. Yeah, that that, that seems <laughs> about in line for what a Harvey boy would do. <laughs> <clears throat> We've already talked about the age of this one a lot, but did you have um, reference?
0: My kid left after, like, five minutes. Okay. Um, Common Sense Media says eight plus.
1: So my nine-year-old was about five minutes. I don't even think we made it to the farm before. (laughs) He was like, no, I'm done. No, I'm done.
0: Because there was nothing to draw them in. No. If they had started maybe with like a scene where you see something of the monsters or something, I'm not sure. I don't know. As it was, there was too. It was too talky for my kid.
1: So I guess theoretically, it's Thanksgiving. We're gonna watch this on Thanksgiving because it's mm-hmm. Thanks It's the Thanksgiving yeah. movie. It's our only, only one. one. So we're watching it on Thanksgiving. Right. And that means we've watched at least two football games already
0: and a parade.
1: And a parade, and we Who knows have, this
0: year what we're we've watching. We've
1: eaten turkey
0: at least one time. Yeah. We, Depending on what time in the day you eat your big dinner, you right. might have had a sandwich after. Correct. It, it, <laughs> there are,
1: there is lots of variants on mm-hmm. this. You've probably gone through your Black Friday ads if that's a thing that you do. Right. And now you're turning on the turkey movie. Mm-hmm. I just, the kids are not here
0: for this one. Right, right. It's just, I think it becomes one of those movies that's okay to watch while your kids are in the area. Mm-hmm. But it's
1: not really, it's not a kid movie, and I can, I can actually, if, if this was the outline, I can understand why Jim went, mm, no. <laughs> we can do better than this. We can do better than this. But still! No Halloween costumes, unless you want to be a fuzzy forest creature. That I mean, nobody
0: knows what you are. <laughs> that nobody knows what you
1: are. No one will know what you are.
0: No. But you'd nobody be cute. Nobody has seen this
1: movie. No one has seen this movie, but you'd be cute. <laughs> so finally, holiday
0: ratings. I'm going to give it a Three.
1: God, I'm such a sucker. I hate being mean. This is like a three and a half. Okay. (laughs) Because I did laugh at several points in this movie. That's true, yeah. There were there was enough that as an adult watching it, I was (laughs) fairly entertained. It's just it's not a kid's movie. It's but it's all (laughs) you
0: get! It's all you get! Those are the exact same ratings we give Christmas Chronicles, and I think that's appropriate. Yeah, actually, that sounds right. Mm-hmm. I would say that they are of the same caliber.
1: We will not be doing Christmas Chronicles too. Because we've
0: already filled out
1: our schedule. But just know that it exists, and it is probably... <laughs> I, I don't know, actually. I, I always have such mixed feelings going into sequels because i know
0: intellectually that it's
1: probably not going to be better than the original i will
0: say though this one looks like they show more of like the fantastical like they're at santa's workshop right see and that's the thing like
1: Mm -hmm. when you do the world building in the first movie Mm -hmm. you have a real chance to have like a winter soldier moment right right like which right. was i think far and away better than the first captain mm-hmm. america because it was just a better film all around you get to have those kinds of but how many sequels are better than the original not many so with that in mind go in with tempered expectations i'd <laughs> say <laughs> all right guys i think that's it So, what do we have next? Klaus, speaking of Netflix
0: original movies.
1: Speaking of Netflix original movies. But we got to give you Christmas. It's Christmas time. You're going to be stuck inside. You got to have something to watch. We're going to put a list together. It'll be great. Klaus. (laughs) Okay, then. You can find us, SlashKeyMovies, at gmail.com. We're on Instagram and Facebook. We love it when you send us love notes and messages and also criticisms. People call and leave us criticisms. That one's fun. 402-885-4875. And if you have enjoyed this, please do let us know. You can buy us tacos. That's ko-fi.com slash And we will see you all next time. Bye. Bye.